0: You're listening to Asbury University's Chapel Podcast, recorded live from our campus in Wilmore, Kentucky. Asbury's Chapel service hosts speakers from around the world to inspire academic excellence and spiritual vitality. We hope you enjoy today's message.
1: She told me I had to do the super awkward adjust the microphone because I was too tall. So good morning and uh, welcome to Chapel at Asbury. Um, I'm a representative of the alumni board. Uh, the alumni board is a group of old people that come back to your campus every six months to relive their uh, glory days of students at Asbury. And so we are very happy to be here. Um, typically when we come, we, we try to offer time to sit with you guys if you guys are interested to tell you all about how awesome we are and you know how great we are at our careers or finding our path in life. But with everything that's happened, <laughs> we would love to spend time um, hearing from you uh, and, and what it is like to have been an Asbury student for the last few years. Um, I've been on the board for three years and so I've, I've been here when some of you were sent home and told to stay away from everybody and to hide in your rooms and we prayed very hard for what it was like for you guys to understand the Asbury experience alone and now we pray for you as you hosted the entire world <laughs> in your living rooms and in your dorms and, in, and in, in Hughes. And what an amazing and invasive thing that must have been for you to, to play host to the world. And so we would love to hear from you. And I want you to know that as an alumni board, we pray for you. And we, we hope that you have met God in this place, and we hope that you know that there is a great community of people that pray for you and want you to know that you are loved, um, and and we hope that you have found God in this space. So, if you would pray for me just quickly, and then we will will worship together. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this place and for all that you do in the lives of these students. Um, And God, I pray that they would know that the faculty and the staff and the administration and the alumni are all a cloud of witnesses around them, supporting them and cheering for them and praying for them. And God, I just, I thank you for your continued newness in the way that you, you in, encounter us and let us know that we are your children, amen.
2: I have the privilege to introduce my new friend, Humaira Dale, who's our current alumni board president to you. So I say she's my new friend because before I was on the board, I didn't know her, but that's one of the awesome things about students and alumni getting to know each other as you become friends. So she represents a, a board and a body of people that love Asbury, but also very much care deeply for students and staff, kind of echoing what Corey said earlier. So thank you guys for joining us today, especially the day before spring break. So Humera is of of the class of 1990, the Commander class. She graduated with a Spanish secondary education major as well as an English minor. As a student, she loved to run and work out and to socialize. And um, up until she had kids, she has taught Spanish at University of Kentucky, Asbury, as well as Lexington Christian Academy. And then she moved to homeschooling her seven kids. She's also the proud wife of her husband, John, of 31 years and recently has also added the title of grandmother to Rafael and Ember, her two new grandchildren in the last year. She has continued to teach Spanish um, to homeschoolers and at Woodford Christian School. And as much as things change in your life, she still actually loves to run and work out and socialize. So please welcome her to the stage. So thank you.
0: Good morning. Uh, as you have heard, I am Commander, class of 1990, and that verse that was read is our class verse. Uh, and that hymn that is sung was Great as, I Fa- well, from Great as I Faithfulness, that is my class hymn, but also it has become my life hymn. So today I thought that I would just share with you my testimony of God's goodness And faithfulness in my life. The scripture from that uh, Marcus read, 1 Timothy 6, 17 through 18, I want to pull out a little portion of that. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, to be generous and willing to share. So I was born in uh, Pakistan. Okay, I know what you're thinking because I've had this asked to me. You're born in Pakistan, but you teach Spanish. So, let me just let me just preface that by saying, languages just came very easily to me, and I had teachers who encouraged me to pursue that, and now, that is what I'm doing. Anyway, I was born in Pakistan. Uh, We um, we moved to, or my mom and my brother and I moved here uh, when I was six years old. My dad came two years ahead of us. Um, and he got a job. Uh, at that time, you had to be sponsored. So another family that came from Pakistan sponsored my dad to come here. And so uh, my mom stayed behind, and she sold everything we had and worked on getting our passports while dad got everything set up here. And so you have to know a little bit, um, I, I don't know what you know about Pakistan, but where, when, where I was growing up, my mom was a nurse. And uh, she had been in. My mom and dad both had been in the Pakistani military, so we actually lived quite well. We had I my brother and I had a nanny. Uh, we had a cook, and so we had TV. And so we would watch on TV America. You know, I don't know some of you. Some of you might re- relate to this show, uh, uh, the Brady Bunch and, and uh, I think at the time Dallas, the show Dallas, I know some of you won't know who that, what that is, was coming out, and so, so my mom is thinking, we're coming to America, the American dream, right? And, and uh, so dad picks us up from the Columbus airport, and um, it was dark, so he, he picks us up and he's driving us, and um, it's dark, and my mom is thinking, Why is he driving around trying to show us our big American city? Let's just get home to the servants and they can unpack me and the children. Well, dad kept driving and driving for about an hour and a half. And we pulled up into this little town called Nelsonville, Ohio, little, okay? And guess what? There were no servants. Uh, In fact, dad had purchased this house and it was a duplex, and he was living, he'd rented out every other area of it, and he was living in the front room. So, least to say, that was our first impression of America, or at least my mom, and she did cry for quite some time. so uh, you know we we started to assimilate, and now you have to understand Nelsonville. I don't know if anybody is from Ohio. It's uh, southeastern Ohio near OU, Ohio University, very very small rural town, and so they put me in first grade. Do you can you imagine having me in first grade, all of you that are education majors, because nobody spoke my language. I, did, I spoke Punjabi, and so my sweet, sweet teacher, her name was Mrs. May, first grade teacher. God help her, she taught me how. She taught me. I don't know how she did it. I do remember um, her being on the board, and she would draw something, and then I would say what it is in Punjabi, and then she would say what it was in English, and that's how we started. But she was my first. Jesus, she was rich in good deeds. She was generous and willing to share. I remember her hugs. She had this perfume. That perfume would be on my clothes. It would linger all day long. You see, when I went back home after a day at the school, life was not great my dad beat my mom all the time. Uh, And if you've ever lived in a situation like that, you know what I mean. Because you never knew what was going to set him off. You didn't know how long the beatings were going to last. And I, my personality, I was always beside my mom. Whenever he was beating her, I was by her and crying and begging him to stop. My brother, who is four years younger than I, he would be upstairs in his room hiding underneath his bed until it was over. Um, a group of, group of people, um, I'm sorry, I forgot to tell you, I was raised Muslim. And so when we came from Pakistan, my mom continued to try to teach us the Quran. And uh, we actually even uh, at Ohio University, there are a lot of Indian Pakistani people that would gather together. And so we spent a lot of time with these, these people my childhood playing with other, other of the uh, Pakistani Indian children. Now, there was a woman. Her name was Sue. She worked with my dad in this office. Sue was a Christian, and um, she just showed up. You see, when we came, we had to leave clothes. I mean, we came with Pakistani garb, because that's what we knew. Uh, We had to leave a lot of our toys, because we traveled by plane. And so, Sue was there. She brought clothes, American clothes. She brought toys for my brother and I. And she even helped us try to figure out this new food that we were now trying to eat. What I found out later was that Sue had been praying for my family while we were in Pakistan. She was a Christian. Five years, Sue was just there. Rich in good deeds, generous, willing to share Jesus. She never, I, I, I don't remember her ever like, you know, pounding, you know, talking about the Bible really. She was just there. Now, I, I would love to find out, and I know I will in eternity, but what happened that one particular day. But I was about 11 years old, so it had been about five years of her just being in our lives. And she came. Uh, to our house, and she sat down with my mom, and she said, Zarina, do you know who Jesus is? So here's another miracle. You ready for this one? My mom said yes, because years and years ago, a missionary shared went to my great-great-grandparents' village and shared the gospel. Now I would love to believe it was an Asburyian. probably was, but I don't have that proof. But my great-grandparents became believers. That entire little village in Pakistan became believers. So when my grandparent, great-grandparents arranged my grandparents' marriage, they were believers. And so they raised my mom and her—there were 10 of them, 10 siblings—in God's Word in Pakistan. But, you see, my mom had never accepted Jesus. Because if you know anything about the Muslim religion, it is persuasive. It it, it permeates everything—the government, the schools, your lifestyle, right? I, I will tell you, when my mom and I did finally accept the Lord, what was very confusing to both of us was how many denominations there are in the Christian Religion. And we couldn't, it was very hard to grasp. But so she had never accepted Christ, and she ended up marrying my dad, who was Muslim. So that day, and if you recall, every time my mom was being beaten, I was with her. So this morning, as Sue was sharing the gospel, I was with my mom. And so I too accepted Jesus at the age of 11. And as you can imagine, things got worse. Because my mom, being a bold woman, um, went ahead and told my dad, I've accepted Jesus. And he said, I don't care what you do, which he did, "uh, but don't you, you know, don't you make my kids, don't you expose them. Well, guess what? I'd already become a believer. And, so, and we were given Bibles and worship music, and we would hide them. When he, uh, when he was in the house, we would have hiding places. And when he would leave the house, we would pull them out um, and read. Now I, I'm starting my middle school years, and um, I started to like a boy, a little boy, a little, a little boy in middle school band. Now I want you also to understand this. And maybe some of you out there who are maybe multicultural or have a little bit understanding of what I'm getting ready to say. One of the struggles that I've had my whole life, maybe not now, but earlier on, was how to balance being Muslim and the Muslim rules in an American culture. Because I wasn't allowed to be around boys, but guess what? When I'm in the elementary school or in the middle school, teachers would sit me next to boys, right? Because they didn't realize that I wasn't allowed to do that. And so I remember all the time fearing that my dad would come into the elementary school or the middle school and and find me and uh, see me sitting next to a boy and beat me. So me doing this was big. But you know, middle school. Feelings. I had the feelings. Anyway, my dad found out, and uh, the night he found out, he proceeded to beat me. Uh, He beat me for hours. Uh, He he busted a blood vessel in my eye, and I was bruised on. He he was hitting me with a cane, and I was bruised on this side of my body. And um. I have never yet understood this, and I have forgiven, but I always wondered why my mom didn't stop him, because she was there. So that night, I felt very, very alone. And uh, I went to bed, couldn't see out of the sight, was swollen, still crying uh, nonstop. And I felt alone, and I said, Jesus, I need you. Now I know what I'm getting ready to say you believe because of the outpouring, because you've seen God outpour on you. But that night, I, liter- I was in the dark, I literally felt the bed go down, and Jesus came and laid down with me and held me through the night. So this life, this kind of uneasiness with my dad lasted I'll be honest with you, like I said, I was in middle school, I'm not really sure, I want to say six weeks, maybe eight weeks, and he just, he would not want to be in the same room with me, so I would have to go upstairs to my room anytime he came in the house. Well, finally, he left. He told my mom he was leaving because of me, you see, but he also had had many affairs from what I learned from, from, the time, from the very beginning. And so he left us for another woman. And remember I told you, we came middle-class Pakistani. Um, and we had had a business and everything, and he left us bankrupt, and my mom did not know it. I remember the day he left. The light was pouring in our living room. And my mom said, go get your Bibles. So my brother and I, and we all the hidden spots that we had them, and we pulled them out. And I remember mom just opening it up, and the light was pouring in on that Bible. And she said, we're free, we're free. Didn't know what else was going to happen, but we were free. Sue. Um, became really good friends with my mom, and we started attending that church. And what I also found out later were there were a group of women that were also praying with Sue for me and my family, rich in good deeds, generous, willing to share Jesus. And so they became prayer warriors for my mom. In fact, I will let you know, my mom, my mom passed away. Those women were still in her life at that funeral. So I, um, I, I also want to, sh- I want to show you just a little bit of his provision. We went from wealth to poverty because we ended up on welfare. God's provision, and I know so many of you have probably seen it, there were times when we couldn't pay pay the mortgage, pay the bills. There would be a knock at the door, and somebody would say, Zarina, I was just praying, and God told me to give you this, and it would be the mortgage payment to the penny. There were times we didn't have food, didn't know what we were going to do there would be a knock at the door. Mom would go, and there would be a package of food on the front door. Because whoever God was calling was rich in good deeds, generous, willing to share Jesus. I began, so I'm in my middle school years, and I began to attend the local uh, Methodist church. They had a very strong youth group. And there was a couple named uh, Dennis and Judy Ditto. They were the pastors, and you have to remember, this is a very small town, and they were the youth pastors as well. Um, Now God brought these people into my life who were rich in good deeds, generous, and willing to share Jesus with me. They taught me about Jesus. They loved me unconditionally. They taught me how to have devotionals and pray and accountability. But one of the neatest things that God used them for that I remember to this day—you see, I had never seen marriage, a good marriage, right? But they modeled it for me. I'm sure they weren't perfect, but in my eyes, they were. But I will tell you, I even saw Judy and Dennis argue at times. And I remember being in their house, and my stomach would would tighten up like, oh, oh, what's going to happen? And they would just laugh and move on, fix it and move on. Now Dennis and Judy are Asbarians, so they brought our youth group here for Ichthus. And when I walked on this campus, by the way, this is now, I'm progressing into the high school years. And uh, when I walked on this campus, I knew I was home. And I think you all understand that. And I know alumni understand what, you, what I mean by home. And so I, um, it, through prayer, um, and I remember coming uh, to a stay at uh, Dennis's brother's house, David, And so through prayer, and let me tell you, it's a miracle, and I know you know what I mean, because a girl on welfare finding the provision to come here, but God provided. And I still to this day do not know how, but here I was. It's orientation, and you all remember your orientation, right? So, Dennis—David uh, D- uh, Nelson and Kim Chevalier were our class sponsors, and I walked on campus, and guess what? They knew me. Now, y'all, this is before technology, okay? So we, we wrote them letters telling them about ourselves, and then we sent in a picture, our senior picture, to them so that they could, rec- could recognize—they recognized me. This place for me is home, my spiritual home, home. I don't know another word that I keep using for this place, but home. And God gave me another family. So Dennis says, hey, when you get down there, my brother lives in Nicholasville. He'll help you out. And so here's another. Asburyan that opened their door and welcomed me and provided me a home. It was where I went to have a home. In fact, um, <laughs> David O'Lap, He ended up, uh, their family became such a part of my family, he still calls me his daughter. And, uh, but he, he, get, he walked me down the aisle when I got married, and his wife was my matron of honor, and her, his little girls were my bridesmaids because they were rich in good deeds, generous, willing to share Jesus. There's a miracle that is even in that little story. You see, um, when I was six years old, And I did not know this till later, but my dad had arranged my marriage so that when I turned about 13, he was going to take me back. And when I say arrange my marriage, I mean to a man. So he was going to take me back and have me married. And so think about that. He left when I was 11. God's provision, God's protection. Now I will tell you, and you will see a picture uh, shortly, but God did, he he is so funny, I married the whitest man in America. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, you you will love him, you will eventually meet him, but he he is wonderful. Now, when I got here is when the healing started, and I know you all know what I'm talking about, right? Come on, sitting here in these chapels, and what you've just experienced, this is where God started to heal me. See, I did not realize how much anger I had towards my father. It was so much that I shook. It was a revival, and uh, Dave Nelson, who was my class sponsor, was actually here. And I could not get to the altar fast enough. And so, this is where I met, I released Daddy from Earth, and I met Abba, Father, Daddy, here at this altar. And David Nelson prayed with me, another person rich in good deeds, generous, and willing to share Jesus. Here is where so many of these professors—and you know what I'm talking about—the administration poured into me, showed me Jesus. I honestly—I had a huge list, but I thought I don't know how much time I have. Can I go on and on about these people? And I'm, you know, I can throw it out there: Mrs. Moulton and and Willa and Joe and. Dr. Neff, Dr. Neff, oh my gosh, in his prayer meetings. And um, if you did not ever get to experience him, amazing, amazing man. Um, Mrs. Moulton, all the professors' wives and husbands and just so many people. And I know you are, your mind is going, right? You're thinking, how many of those right now are rich in good deeds, generous and willing to share Jesus for me right now? So John and I, uh, I, I left here, and as you've heard my little resume, I began teaching, and I worked on my master's at the University of Kentucky and taught there, and then um, began to teach at Lexington Christian Academy. So John and I were about married about five years, and um, uh, I got pregnant with our first son. His name was uh, John Luke, and he was born with a very rare disease, so we proceeded. Our life began, this next little chapter of our life, which was uh, the parents of a um, sick child in and out of the hospital, in and out of surgeries. And again, God provided. I I really, I'll be honest with you, I don't really remember a lot. Um, And I think that in itself is God's provision because that is too painful for a parent. And so, there's certain things that I remember, and there's certain things that I just don't. But I do know there were many people, rich in good deeds, generous and willing to share Jesus. In fact, I, now John Luke did pass away, and I remember the lines to his funeral were out the door. And uh, he had a verse, and, and it, part of that verse was that he would bring- the hearts of, their, hearts of the children to their fathers in repentance. And so John and I believe that over John Luke. And I, I just remember at the funeral, people coming up to us and, and saying, we didn't know your son and we didn't know you, but somebody asked us to pray. And because of that, our faith grew. And because of that, I, I became to know Jesus, God's provision, God's faithfulness. How do you do that? How does He do that? Um, A group of women, and I've had many, many wonderful women, wonderful women in my life, but God provided me with a group of women. We had been going together, doing the child-children thing together. Uh, We call ourselves the Jesus sisters. We've been together for 30 years, and they, um, they prayed with me walked with me through this grief and didn't let me, didn't let me go. At this time, Asbury, this place, I'll tell you, I don't even know how they knew or what they knew or what, what led them. But God, uh, they, Asbury called, uh, in fact, it was Glenn Hamilton up, and uh, he said, Humira, why don't you come teach? So John Luke passed away on June 1st, and uh, by August of that year, I was on this campus teaching Spanish. One of my students is, former students is sitting up there. She dropped my class. <laughs> um, anyway, coming back onto this campus—by the way, I don't live very far away. I'm just about 30 minutes away. And so, Coming back onto this campus, I was already pregnant with my my second son, Joshua. Some of you might even remember him. He was a class of 2021, Mediacom. And walking back onto this campus was healing. And I've said it before, my home, right, my home. They let me cry. They let me heal. And they love me through it all. Asbury. Rich in good deeds. Generous. Willing to share Jesus. Now you have seen, um, or, or they have ta- she's talked in my bio that she said, uh, the Lord cont- gave us six more children. And now I have two daughters-in-law and two daughters in law and 2 grandchildren. And my six children were raised in a home where Jesus is Lord. And my husband is a believer. I want to close by saying this. I don't share my testimony today to point at me And Dennis even said this, I was texting him earlier, and he still keeps mentoring me. And He said, it's not about don't mention us, it's about God. I don't point to me, I don't point to even the people that I've mentioned that were Jesus' people, but I want to point to God in His provision. So I want you, I want you, I want to leave you today with these two things. He saw me back then. He knew me. He saw you back then, and He knew you. He sees me today, and He knows me. He sees you today, and He knows you. He provides. Great is his faithfulness. The second thing I want to challenge you with, Asbarians, I command you to do good. I command you to be rich in good deeds. Be generous. Be willing to share Jesus. Because you do not know how God is using your life like Sue, like the Dittos, like Mrs. May. You don't know how God is using your life to change the legacy of someone else's life. Great is his faithfulness. Thank you.